But um, the other one that I do is to just shut my eyes and I just look at, you know, the blackness, my eyelids, and try to see the patterns because while it's all black, it's not just all black. Even if it doesn't look like anything, I just try to like notice the movements of whatever shapes I can see. And then slowly, I think because um, my REM kicks in pretty quickly, um, is that I do start to actually see things. Um, and then from there, it just turns into a dream. Welcome to Sleep Talker. There's no ambiguity about it. Yeah. You're either asleep or you're not. Whereas the podcast about they sleep. They basically just see if when lying in a dark room for 20 minutes you fall asleep. Dreams. And whether or not you go into REM sleep during that time. Nightmares. If I go to bed earlier, I wake up and it's still the same day. And, and I just find that. what happens in your head after dark. People will often ask, so could you just fall asleep right now? And I'm just like, well, no, not really. I'm not going to suddenly fall on the floor or anything. Um, Tonight on Sleep Talker, uh, hi, we're getting I'm in Eleanor bed Wales. with Eleanor Wales. Um, I don't know what else to say about myself. <laughs> I'm a designer. I live in Sydney. Before I met Eleanor, I thought someone with narcolepsy was someone who could and did fall asleep wherever they happened to be. I thought someone with narcolepsy would be someone whose day-to-day life was constantly interrupted by sleep. When I spoke to Eleanor, I found out that that's kind of true. There are ways people with narcolepsy can fall asleep throughout the day. But that's not true of everyone with the condition and constant tiredness is not the only thing people with narcolepsy have to deal with. The thing about narcolepsy is that there is not really a typical because the patterns are always changing. I will get up and then have breakfast. Sometimes even by then I'll need to have a nap um, because eating often makes me tired. Yeah, just basically throughout the day I'll take um, maybe 10 to 15 minute naps just whenever I feel sleepy enough that, um, that I can't actually stay awake anymore. It's hard because you always feel tired, but only sometimes are you actually falling asleep. But it can be difficult because sometimes if you try and push yourself too far, you end up um, in this constant um, where, you know, if you're really, really tired and you just start, your head starts bobbing and you can't keep your eyes open. Once you get to that point, For me, I'll just be actually half asleep, so my brain will not be capable of thinking I should go and sleep and will just be caught in this constant thing of trying to fight 
because that's your natural reaction is to fight the sleep but then you're just sitting there and can waste like hours really just kind of going in and out over and over again. I have a pattern which happens most nights, which is that I try to stay awake for as long as possible, um, which normally ends up being anywhere between 10.30 and 12. Um, and then I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up between 2 and 3 a.m. And that will be my sleep. <laughs> and then after that, I will just be rolling around in bed basically like I'll just um don't feel like I get any sleep after that and I'll be in and out I'll be sleeping and I'll be having dreams but it won't be I feel like my only restful sleep is within those few hours it's one of the things that people really don't understand is that we not only are falling asleep during the day, but it's quite difficult for us to sleep for extended periods of time. So at night we're constantly waking up. Um, and it's something that I always, cause a lot of people, when I say to them, I have narcolepsy, they're like, oh, I have the opposite of you. I have insomnia. And I'm like, no, it's not the opposite at all because we have the worst of both worlds. <laughs> There have been times where I've spoken to people about it and I obviously haven't hit the right mark because they're just like, oh, like, she's fine. If I don't talk to people about it, like, they wouldn't have any idea necessarily. Like, I don't think for a lot of interactions that I have on a day-to-day -day level, people wouldn't be thinking, oh, she seems like a person who has some weird thing wrong with her, um, but uh, I am. <laughs> and some people tend to take that as, well, I guess it's just not that bad then if it's not affecting you to any level that I can tell, then it must be a small inconvenience. But what people don't understand is that it's the whole the whole cycle over the whole day is messed up and that is every day compounding on each other. Like, you know, if it was just one day of having that, you might, you know, then go back and have normal sleep and you'd be fine. But it, when it happens day in, day out, that just builds up to so many different consequences and just people think, oh, that's nice that you get to sleep whenever you want. What a normal person will have, you're awake in the day and you're asleep at night and during that nighttime sleep you have certain stages of sleep that go in a certain order and that's how things are meant to work. But for a person with narcolepsy, it would just cycle randomly between wake and then there's two general um, types of sleep, which is REM sleep and non-REM sleep and it will just cycle between those. Um, and that also has the effect of... Um, a couple of different symptoms that we also get that people don't tend to know about that, that there's anything other than the sleep. But there's also cataplexy, which is where you 
uh, will lose muscle tone. Like you could just kind of flop. I think people get it um, all mixed together and they think people are falling down and falling asleep, but they're actually two completely separate things. And for some people, those things can kind of mix together, but that's not the typical occurrence of it. I had um, symptoms, I think, starting from when I was in my early teenage years. It's hard to pinpoint an exact time, but the time that I actually figured out that it was narcolepsy was years later when I was in year 11 and I had my trial HSE exams and I was just falling asleep in maybe half my exams. I think I had a few different issues going on, um, but I was determined not to let anybody know about them. Even if someone brought it up, I wouldn't take it seriously. I'd just be like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm just tired or whatever. Um, because I think this is common for a lot of people with narcolepsy is that you just feel like you're just not trying hard enough because normal people, you get tired, but you can stay awake. Like unless you're really, really sleep deprived. But I was sleeping for like 10 hours or more every night back then. And I just still, no matter what I did, couldn't stay awake. Every single day, basically, when I got home from school, I'd just be asleep um, and then, you know, wake up, have dinner and then be asleep again. And I guess I still have, um, I don't know, some issues about it because, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I always do wonder, like, didn't anyone else think it was a problem? <laughs> Should have had a nap before I did this. Would you like to? Do you, would you like me to maybe come back in a little bit if you want to have a rest? Um. No, I mean I just have a tendency to cry all the time anyway, because that is like, you know, if you didn't sleep properly, you're probably crying all the time. So. That's what happens to me. If I don't sleep, I get so emotionally fragile and I can't imagine how, um, and I'm not saying that you're emotionally fragile, but. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm very reactive. And I'm yeah. screen exactly where the hand had come through. I'm quite a light sleeper, um, 
and I just heard this noise outside my bed, um, outside my window. And um, so I woke up and I was just lying there and I was, I mean, I don't think I actually was frozen. I don't think it was like a sleep paralysis thing. I think I just was frozen because I was scared, but I was just lying there and I kind of pressed myself up against the wall um, away from the window. And then I heard the steps because I've got mulch outside my room. So it's kind of like crunch, crunch, crunch. And then this hand just stuck itself through the window. Uh, so this hand came through the window and yeah, they were kind of just feeling around the curtain, kind of just, I don't know if they were just like looking to grab something that they thought was there or what, but yeah, and then after a bit, it just, they just went away. And then I went and told my parents and they were like, yeah, okay. And they let me sleep in their bed. Um, I don't think they actually believed me at that point in time. But then there was actually a hole cut in the fly screen. Now that I know that I do have hallucinations, I would have no idea whether it had actually happened or not, whereas that's like at least a good test to say that really happened. Uh, but ever since then, I've always had dreams and hallucinations to do with people uh, trying to grab me through the window. I've had things where it's just that I would see people standing outside the window. Um, and also just that I could hear voices outside, um, which is a common hallucination for me. Um, and I think it's very, when you're having this all the time, it, be it becomes reinforced in your memory. And so it becomes harder and harder to forget in a way. If I could find out why that happened, I just feel like that would just be like, such a, I don't know, an amazing like weight off my shoulders. It's just like the biggest mystery of my life that I will never be able to solve. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's gonna eat away at me forever. It's just generalized figures and like it's not necessarily like there's a person but you can just feel like there's a presence near you. It's not really I think to do with that night. It's not like a replaying of that. I think it's more just a theme that tends to uh, intrude on a lot of different dreams that I'm having or lots of differentiations on the same theme. Um, I've also experienced tactile hallucinations, which are, you know how in a dream you can actually feel what is happening to you. Um, I've had experiences where I've been lying on the bed and I could feel the bed moving like somebody was underneath pushing up against the mattress, um, which was a really scary one and also um, had ones where it's been like something under the bed was pulling my sheets down under the bed, even though I could still see the sheets lying there on me. Um, it's really difficult to explain just how 
real it feels because it seems so counterintuitive. Um, but when it's happening to you, you just, you just, you don't question, you just don't think of that as being a system that can be tricked in that way. We have what is called hypnagogic or hypnopompic hallucinations, which are dreams that occur before or after you fall asleep. So normally when you're either in bed or when you're falling asleep um, and things will happen before your eyes that you just can't explain and often you're already so tired that you don't have that presence of thought to question it. When I met Eleanor last year, she was working from home as a freelance designer. I think, yeah, in the back of your mind, like while it might not be conscious, your brain's kind of like, oh, I'm at home, so now it's okay to sleep. Whereas if you're out in the world, you have a bit Eleanor now works part-time and says she's feeling more awake and productive and she's adjusting well to her new schedule. She's still freelancing as well and you can find her work at lwales.com. That's E-L-L-E-W-A-L-E-S dot com. She also runs a website called Falling Asleep. It's got great infographics, stories and articles about living with narcolepsy. Check it out at falling-asleep.com. Eleanor, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and for sending me your audio diary. That's actually how I found out about Eleanor. She recorded a message on her phone and emailed it to me. I'd love for you to do that too. I'm always looking for more sleep stories, so if you feel like talking about what happens in your head after dark, let me know. You can email me at goodnight at sleeptalkerpodcast.com. Sleep Talker is produced by me, Beck Fari. I would sleep much easier if you'd be so kind as to rate or review the show on iTunes. Or better yet, if you hear someone making inappropriate jokes or assumptions about narcolepsy, send them a link to this episode or to Eleanor's website. Those links and more sleep stories at sleeptalkerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, sweet dreams.